I choose to read this as he wants to be with Celeste now, but being with Celeste, he can't, he, it makes him feel guilty. Yes. And so like, he can't really give his yeah. heart to her. Right. And so I like, think so. I think that's that, right. that makes it, seeing it in that light makes it a little less like, oh, Celeste is your second choice. If you could have <laughs> had Rachel, you would have had her. No, it's just that being with Celeste, he just couldn't get over this fact that he had failed in the past and whatever yeah. trauma he had been through, like yeah. it made it impossible for him to be with someone new, even if he wanted to. It would have been really scary. Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. We're back for, I think, what will be our final episode of Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, probably. Um, <clears throat> there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about that we've kind of uh, didn't go over last time, just real quick. Okay. First of all, a couple too. Um, and this was, don't know how this happened. I don't, I really don't know. <laughs> I think we were trying to get, because we had, we were on the solitary island part for the longest, it was like the longest portion yeah. of last week's yeah. podcast. So I was thinking in my head, like, we got to move on to the next section and just glazed over this. The reason why Celeste finds hope again after her casting herself off the cliff. Oh, the bird. Is because the bird brings a bandana that is like locks tied to it. Yes. Right? Um, there was a scene before this, after the death of uh, uh, General Leo, hmm. where Interceptor... I think you had mentioned yeah, this. Interceptor yeah. comes up, he's injured, and Locke uses his bandana to like tie, like to like, him up. yeah, like bandage yeah, him up. Yeah. So that's what made her think, oh, he must still be out there. Yeah. And that's where her spark of hope to go out and look for him came from. I have a whole thing to talk about there because there's Sweet. a lot we missed. I'm actually upset that Sid did not die in my playthrough. <laughs> the more I thought about it, I'm like, how? I can't believe I missed that scene because yeah. I would have had so many notes. Luckily, Mix wrote some really cool stuff, and Mix um, is basically like somebody who thinks the way that I think. So very, very helpful. Um, there is an interesting moment that happens when she jumps off, right? Mm -hmm. She jumps off, and she lands into the water, and then she washes back up on the shore, right? right? Now, that basically what happens here is something along the lines of a baptism where, where part of her dies, off mm -hmm. and a new part of her, like she's born anew through the water. Yep. But what's crazy is that a white dove yep. descends upon her yep. after the baptism, right? Yep. So, yep. so she jumps into the water. She uh, is washed up anew, right? She's basically found new life and a dove descends upon her with a message of hope, basically. Yep. <laughs> like, okay, that, I don't know that it can be any more clear than that. I think that's really good. <laughs> and from that point on, she then has to cross back over the water and go to the four corners of the earth and gather together um, the lost uh, people. How many characters is it? <laughs> 14. I, mean, I thought uh... I had that exact thought. I was like, are there 12? Are there 12? There's 12. technically 14. But in the very end of the game, you only pick 12. Yeah. Is it 12? It is 12. Yeah. Because... Yeah, I, yeah. I never pick Gogo or Amaro for this part there because you go. they exactly. can't, they can't equip espers and those so, are the ones like, that whatever I, I just ignore those people. And so basically, if you just pretend they don't exist, it is twelve. <laughs> it is twelve that go up the mountain to um yep. to uh, challenge Kefka. But anyways, it's technically fourteen characters. So anyways, I thought that was pretty fun. Twelve tribes, people. Yep. Um, I'm pissed yeah. that Sid lived for me, so that I had to miss <laughs> that symbolism and I had to deliver it one episode later. Yep. So pissed. Well. We got to it. 
yep. if a little late. Um, so th that was kind of like the first major thing. The second thing was, um, I think it's a good idea to read Cyan's letter to Lola. We talked about, you know, more or less what's going on within the character and everything, but I think the actual letter itself is pretty great. Um, I am reading the version from the advance uh, translation, not from the original SNES, and that one is also very good, though. Um, it's, it's actually really well written in that version, too, but here it is in the advanced version. Dear Lola, I am writing to beg your forgiveness. I am guilty of perpetuating a terrible lie. I've only now realized the error of my ways and taken up this quill in hopes of correcting a great wrong. Your boyfriend, who you believe to be in Mobles, passed away some time ago. I've been writing to you in his stead. We have a tendency to become trapped in the past and refuse to move on. I implore you not to let this happen. Now is the time for you to look forward and rediscover love and all other joys of life. So that's so good. Yeah, it's really good <laughs> because because it's relevant to this new world. Yes, you know what we talked yeah. last time about how Setzer's like the past. Well, we can never have that old world again. It's mm -hmm. never coming back. And Celeste yeah. is like, yeah, but there's hope for the future yeah, to right. make a good world in the future. Mm -hmm. And that's more or less what this letter is saying. It's it's a message to the world, not just to Lola. Lola. Yeah, and and uh, this is. I mean, we've already kind of gone over this at each sort of point in the story where its theme has sort of been reinforced. But this is just another example of that. Yeah. Um, this is what the game is about. Like mm. if you were to, I think if you were to uh, really succinctly <laughs> and in a really, you know, prompt format, um, you know, get across the theme of Final Fantasy VI, I think it's contained right here in this letter. Yeah. Um, pretty much uh, uh, as, as well as you could put it. This is what the game is really about, right? Um, Basically, the end part, I implore you not to let this happen as in uh, we have a tendency to become trapped in the past Yes, and refuse to move on. I implore you not to let this happen. Now is the time for you to look forward and rediscover love and all of the joys of life. So that's pretty much yep, that's what, the game's about. what this game really is trying to say. Right? Yeah. And I, it, it does a really great job of it. Now, unfortunately, this script I'm looking at does not include uh, the side quest in which you go back to Doma with Cyan, and there's a whole side quest there. So we're going to be got looking. The, I've got, got the Kaysen SNES script pulled here. up here. <laughs> so I want to go yeah. over that part next okay, because let's, let's do it. Cyan is giving this advice, yeah, which is right. which is really well put. I mean, very well articulated here. Yet he yep. himself is struggling to do the same he thing. He is the demons of his past continue to haunt him. Yeah. Right. And so this whole section going back to, to Doma and kind of going through Cyan's memories yeah. um, is his moment to do exactly what he's imploring Lola to do in this, uh, in this letter. So it's so great because once this all starts and you realize how Cyan has been on the edge of just utter destruction this whole time and you didn't even know it, yeah. right? Like we as the player, the characters, nobody in the game had any clue I feel like this is true with people in life too. Yeah. Like sometimes you'll just realize like, oh my gosh, I had no idea what this person was going through yeah. and I was next to them the whole time. Yeah. Right. And like kind of makes you feel a little bad sometimes, but it's like, that's life. That's how people are. Yeah. People don't always share everything about them. And especially someone like Cyan yeah. who keeps it all inside. Yeah. Right? And, and I mean, so this goes all the way back to World of Balance too. Yeah, like, that's right. He just left his, like seeing his wife and son yeah. like die, well, he didn't see them die. They were already dead w yeah. when he came in the room. Poison at, at Doma. He hasn't really like 
had any time on screen to process this no. or whatever. He's just sort of hopped allegiances to the returners and not really said much. You know, you would assume that he's dealt with it well, a little too well. Yeah. Right, given what's happened. But yeah. it's like, well, but you don't know what's going on. Yeah, you don't really know his, his dreams every night. You mm -hmm. don't know what's happening. Right. So, uh, this is this is the moment where we can kind of yeah. go through all of this. So, so uh, you go to Doma Castle and you lay down for some quality sleep. And, of yep. course, um, these three kind of demon spirits kind of show up. And in English, they're called Larry, Curly, and Moe, yep. <laughs> which is the Three Stooges. <laughs> the Three Stooges. So good. In uh, Japanese, they're, uh, uh, well, Rebu and uh, Sogno and Sueño. Anyways, it's um, the words for dream in French, Italian, oh, and Spanish. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So those are their names like in that. the Japanese. I, I like that cool. a lot. I like it better than Larry, <laughs> Curly, way, and Moe. Way better. This is, this, okay, again. <laughs> This is, this is not like, uh, I, I never mean to just like dump on Ted Woolsey, but it's, <laughs> it's just not his way of, that is really different. That lands yes. really differently than turning it into a pop culture reference joke. Yeah. Like, I love that. And I feel like Woolsey's translations tend to go a little too far with his trying to like lighten it to up and, and make and, it yeah. funny. Mm. And, and you can really miss some cool stuff. Like I would have never guessed that that is what the, yeah. those three are meant to represent. They just became stooges in my mind ever. Me after too. That. I, as I read soon them as you see the name, way. I'm like, oh, they yeah. were written that way. Yeah. Well, they weren't necessarily written no. that way. Yeah. Um, so that's good stuff. Then you have the three dream stooges, right? So this man's soul is ours. Tonight we'll dine well. Um, and so then you've got like, we all, I think the character, the party all kind of wakes up, but Cyan doesn't. Yes. And it's like, what's going on with him? Oh no. And we all kind of get sucked into his mind basically. Yep. And this is what the dream stooges do. They kind of like, I don't know, they, they create a world through the person's mind that other people can inhabit and we have mm. to go find them and defeat them. Right. Yep. Basically. Uh, but these are the demons that have been haunting him in his Cyan's dreams every like I don't know if this is just in Doma Castle, but the dream that is constructed by the three dream stooges is basically the nightmare that he's been having probably every night for forever, yeah, for ever, for ever since we've known about his character. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Now we got to go through, we got to find them all. They won't fight us one-on-one. -on -one. They keep running away. So we eventually get to the point where they have all um, gone together and then I think we fight them all together, right? Mm -hmm. So... Now we have um, his wife speaking here and she's saying, please save my husband, right? Mm. Because we see his family in his dreams, like they're there right? and you can go up and, and it, it's obvious what's happening. Well, you go um, through the whole phantom train again and- Yeah, you go back through different of, places. Like there's, yeah, there's the different forest. places, yeah, yep. in his memories, right? So we realize that we're inside of Sand's soul. Um, but she's saying, my husband continues to torture himself. He failed to defend Doma. The world is slowly dying. And then there's his family, mm. right? So then there's a beast known as Rex Soul, right? Yep. That's taking advantage of him. Yep. Um, I don't know. Well, it looks about the same in Japanese. Um, Rex Soul is a composite monster made up of wretched spirits who were dispatched in meaningless wars, which is almost all wars probably. Mm. Um they're wreaking havoc. Oh, the, then his son says, they're wreaking havoc on Papa. We've got, please save him, you know? Yeah, right. So we've got to go do all of this. Um, then we get some vignettes, some like memories 
of, of Cyan's past. Right. Uh, like he's teaching his son how to fish. Yeah, you kind of have to like go to either side of the castle, right? And the yeah. scene, scene over there. And, then, and you see different and things. And all of this is missable. This is another example yeah, of them making a lot of things missable. If, like uh, freedom. Yeah. We're talking about too much freedom, right? So one of them, he's teaching him how to fish. And his son's like... Like, what happens now? And it's like, well, you just have to wait, son. Be patient. And he's like, what the heck? I don't want to be patient. I don't it's like, like well, fishing. if you're patient, then you'll catch fish. And he's like, oh, okay. And then the son's like, I love fishing. You know, like he, <laughs> he's just trying so hard to be like his father. Yep. Um, and then he's fencing. He's becoming a swords person. His dad's kind of helping him out. Uh, but then there's this really good scene <coughs> with his wife Yep. <coughs> in the chamber, right? <clears throat> And so she is saying, hey, sweetheart, do you love me? And he's like, oh, a soldier doesn't say things like that. It's really funny. Um, And then he kind of waits a while and she's just waiting for him. And he doesn't know this, but his son is waiting right outside the door, Uh, kind of listening, you know, like really hoping to hear his parents that they love each other. (laughs) You know, kids, kids can be like that sometimes. And so um, he says, uh, I, I loveth the more than anything <laughs> it's so good <laughs> and then the son runs in and goes i heard that yippee i loveth you i loveth you papa loves mama and he's like yeah. oh wayne shut up <laughs> so funny <laughs> um but then rexol comes in and kind of breaks all of these memories and we got to fight him right because rexol yep. is saying oh I, I don't like what you're doing I, his soul is mine and rexol is basically saying anybody who i've ever like captured their soul like this, they never escape. Like mm. it's over. Just give up on Cyan, but yep. we don't. And so we end up uh, kicking his butt. Yep. And this is when he kind of there you go. Finally, comes he wakes. To his yeah. Realization. Right? Once we beat yeah. Rexol, he's saying, "Thanks be to you. I heard my wife and children calling out to me. Their voices finally gave me the strength and courage to come to grips with my own suffering." Mm. And then he sees them again. Uh, hears their voices, you know, and he's saying, Elaine, Owain, yep. thank you, thank you. And then uh, his son says, you sure are strong, daddy. And he says, no, I can't. I didn't do anything. I'm not, I have no honor. Mm. And um, this is where he says, no, you've done more than enough. And I think his wife says, you've done entirely too much. Mm. Right? Yeah. And then she says, my beloved will always be together. And then his son says, you know, Papa, we love you. Yep. And is that it? That's it. That's like yeah, their that's, last message to each other, that's basically. That's pretty much the dialogue there. Um, yeah. But I, I did really like this a lot. Um, just because, yeah, there can be an assumption made at the end of like the uh, Phantom Forest section. Yeah, yeah. That when he sees his son and his wife on the train yeah. and they're going away, that he somehow processed that in that right. moment. And then and it's like, no. Because they sort of said their not, final goodbye. That's not how grief works. Like. Not really. Not really. <laughs> I mean, he put it uh, away. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I, I'm glad that they that they did this, um, and I think that it was really well done. This kind of whole sequence, uh, yeah, where you, where you're going through, it, it sort of represented represents us in this dreamlike sort of um, abstract way, but like the grief that he's been feeling the whole time that he just hasn't time. he yeah. hasn't voiced it, right? And and you really really nature. gets that across um, in a, in in a really profound yeah. way. So and this is good because um. He says his last word is Elaine and Owain live on in my heart. I must leave the past behind. I have much to live for. And this is so good because it's like, he's not forgetting them. It's none of that stuff. They still live in his heart, but he's leaving it where it belongs. He's put it in the proper category and now he can move on to something else. What I love about the scene with him and his wife though, is that it shows that he does have that inner compassion because 
like I was wondering, is he actually going to say it? Is he going to say, I loveth thee or mm-hmm. however? <laughs> yeah. Is he going to say, I love you? I didn't actually know if he was going to do it or not mm-hmm. because he's so, you know, stoic in the modern sense. Um, but he does. And I'm like, hey, he's got it in him. He feels the feelings. He's embarrassed about them, but he has that in him, mm-hmm. right? And he can profess his love. So when we come to the world of ruin and he's writing these love letters, <laughs> and he's making these flowers, it, it's, it's cool to see yeah. that in his past, that despite his, you know, wall that he puts up, that there is this tender soul behind mm-hmm. that does want to express to others that he does love them. Yeah. He just has this, uh, you know, difficulty doing so. Yeah. He's been tempered by military conditions. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> samurai training his whole but, life. <laughs> but then, you know, and you could see it coming out again. Now his, his family's dead now. But he, he finds these letters and he's like, you know, it just invigorates something in him where I, I, I almost can imagine that he's not writing to Lola. He's writing to his wife. Yeah, sure. But sure. he's just sending them to Lola because she's there, you know, but yeah. these are things that he wishes he did do for his wife, who he truly did love. Mm-hmm. Very good. Good stuff. I really, really like this section. Um, so that kind of wraps, wraps up Cyan's uh, yep. background and character. Let's go over... Gao real quick since we left off on him last time. <laughs> I love Gao so much. <laughs> he's just so funny. Yeah, I I um I really like his character too. Like he's yeah. he, he's he's a really great what do you call that? Like a foil character. Yeah. The the character that is used for lightning tension and yeah. whatnot. Just kind of like the um, opposite of everyone else. Yeah. yeah. He he's he's great for that. I think it it's just one of those characters that's done the right way, but so they, they believe that they find his father. Um, there's oh, yeah. this kind of like house on the veld. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or near the veld, right? Yeah. Kind of an old guy. Um, oh, hello again. Yep. You were, you were tops. And Sabin's like, yeah, that's why, that's why we, and he kind of trails off. Age man, quick, fix that chair. Oh, wait a minute. This oh, is yeah. it. Yeah, this, this, is, is, this, it. this, this, this is, is the This is the fixer, dude. Okay. The old guy. I, yeah. I was thinking maybe I had gone to the part earlier, but it's the, well, this is the, the man. world of ruin. Everything kind of looks a little different, but it yeah. is the same guy. It's the same guy. Yeah, same guy. So, um, so he, this guy who we mentioned earlier, who was like trying to get you to fix all the stuff in his yeah. house and secretly telling you the number of the clock in Zozo. Yes, yes, right. That guy. <laughs> that guy. Right. Quick, yeah. fix that chair. Then you can use it to reach the roof. You don't suppose? Can this be Gao's father? Says Sabin. Sabin says, or I guess it depends on who's in your party, really, but you don't suppose. No, you, I think you do have to have Sabin in your party for this part. I'm trying to remember Sabin? if you have to or well, not. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe somebody can answer this. It's better that you have, because you'll get more optional dialogue if you bring, I know, Locke and Edgar okay. into the party. Um, but I, I think I think Sabin has to be in the party for this part because mm. Sabin was the character that recruited Gao more or less, right? Okay. So that makes sense because Sabin was the one, well, Cyan was with him, but they were the ones who like found him originally, right? So they've been with him since the beginning. <coughs> nice. So you don't suppose Gao, that this could be your father. Gao was like, oh, you know. Sabin, come on, Gao. It's true, right? Father? <laughs> yes, this is definitely your father. Gao's father? Ooh, go. Yeah, he's uh, just like, making noises. And, <laughs> Let's go tell your father the news. He needs to know that you're his son. Just a minute. We can't go there without yeah, you. Not you like looking that. like this. Oh, I, love I know. That. Let's go to Jador so and give you a makeover. I, I <laughs> love this. I thought it was Because they so go funny. buy him like a suit. <laughs> they do. They buy him a suit. They comb his hair. They like do this whole thing, right? And they're like, oh. But they're kind of like arguing a little about what he should look like, you yeah. know? 
and like, oh, he should, oh, no, he should present himself like this. And, oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, uh, so, no, God, don't eat with your fingers. They're like yeah, trying to teach yeah. him how to eat right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because he was a wild kid. He's like basically Mowgli. Yeah, don't say right. yow when you mean yes. He's like trying to teach him manners <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Oh, so it goes over what different people will say if they're in the party. So these are the optional dialogues depending on who's in the party. Um, Tara would say, how do you like these? Wait, what about these? Oh, oh, I don't know if this is really necessary to go through everyone's. Uh they all say more or less the same thing. They're, they're just trying to fix them up. Um, Edgar says, I got it. A tuxedo, silk hat, silk hat, and rose in his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's overdoing it just a bit, says yeah, exactly. Locke. Oh, he should have a bandana on his head. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Edgar says, what's so great about a bandana? Most of the time, I see him tied around dogs at the beach. Locke's, hey, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I think that's some of the extra Once dialogue. again, yeah. talking about how... He likes to help animals that yes, are hurt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That that little extra piece of dialogue is again suggesting that yeah. that's what Celeste found on that bird. That that bird might have been injured somewhere. That dove. Right. And then Locke like tried to help it. Right. So that's cool. Um, Sabin says, "Okay, Gal. Now any father'd be glad to have a son like you. They they fixed him to look nice. Mm. And so they go back. Excuse me, sir." Aged man, who in blazes are you? Oh, the repair man. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Sir, you had a son, right? Uh, you with me? Uh, you with me? So, I think he's saying that to yeah. Gal. Son? Says the aged man. Sabin, right. The truth is he's alive. Come here, Gal. Uh, father. Aged man, what's this? Uh, what's with this son business? I never had a son. And then I did have a dream. I had yeah, a son. So <laughs> I, I, I liked this. Right? I, I did too. It because, was, yeah, it, it's a really interesting way of him. Obviously having felt horrifically guilty all his life, or at least as old as Gao was supposed to be, I guess <laughs> of yeah, abandoning this like kid. 13 or something. Right. So more than a yeah. decade of, of guilt yeah. surrounding this. Yeah, yeah. And he's not willing to like straight up, confess or admit no but he also can't let them leave without more or less letting them know that yes you're right about this and he's the conflict yeah. happening in the character is what i feel really comes out in this but now that you mention it i once had a terrible dream in it a demon child was born demon child i grabbed the creature and rushed off to the veldt with it. Now, some context here. We learned this at the bar when that girl's like hitting on Cyan. If you talk to one of the characters in the bottom right, he brings up that there was a woman who died in childbirth mm. and then the husband lost it and, and took it out on the kid and then, you know, put the kid away somewhere and refused to be a father, mm. right? It, that person's referring to God and right. to, to this situation. Right. <laughs> it was crying like crazy when I arrived on the veldt. Oh, and that's why he called it a demon. Yeah. Because it killed his his wife. Right. Right. Sabin says, but sir, an aged man, I left the child there, and without looking back, I turned and started to run. Sabin says, I'm trying to tell you. And the aged man says, suddenly, because Sabin is assuming, I think, that he's just be crazy like he always yes. is, and he's just not listening. But he's but telling he's us actually irrelevant. is... Yeah. He, he's, he's mentally here now for yeah. this moment, right? Suddenly the crying stopped. I turned around and saw a frightful monster. Hideous. Still gives me the shakes. Sabin says, I give up. 
And then the aged man says, but you young man, your parents must be proud of you. I still have, he's saying this to Gao. I still have dreams of that demon child, frightening. Why, you old, he's completely lost his mind. God, I'm going to clobber him. And, and God jumps in the way and doesn't let him hurt him, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Father alive, happy. <laughs> right. As right. they leave the room, he's like, because at first they're like, uh, oh, no, he's not going to be happy. This, that didn't go well. The father mm. didn't accept him and all this. But God is like, I have a dad and I know who he is and I'm happy, you know? Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um Let's see. It looks like there's some more text here that I didn't get because I never went back and talked to the aged man oh, again. Oh, I don't, I don't think I did either. So if you go back in, he says, hey, say, is everything fixed yet? <laughs> of course. Repairman at last. Oh, no. I was wondering if you knew anything about Emperor Gastel's map. He says, map? Everyone's asking about that map. Pardon? A little while ago, some guy wearing a bandana asked for the... Oh, this is, this is a... This leads us to... Locke. The Star Mountain. Yeah. Valley. Guy wearing a bandana asked for the map, so I told him. Where is it? It's where the mountains form a star shape. You should have, uh, just come out and ask me, no need to be shy. Got it? Where the mountains form a star shape. So he I, gives I you got a, this same yeah. thing, but from a different place. Mm. I got it from... Um, a different NPC. The dude, the art collector dude, who and his picture of the emperor. Oh. Anyways, there's different ways you can get that get same that note, clue. I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right, well, that's Ga's background, Gao. Yep. Okay, so let's see here. Um, let me switch over to Mobliz. Let's do Mobliz next, because Mobliz is Terra. Somebody asked the question um, whether or not Cyan actually says, I love you in the Japanese. Mm. Um, and he does. He does. He says, Aishiteru Degozaru. Mm. So he does say, I love you the way that you would say, I love you in Japan. Nice. Okay, so... Mobiliz is uh, the town where Terra is at. This ah, is where right, you yeah. recruit Terra. So you come in, people are kind of screaming, ah, someone's coming. You have to fight your way in here. We can't, we can fight too, you know. Wait, Terra, Mama, are these people your friends? So all the kids. Basically, it's revealed that Terra sort of um, took in all these foster kids yeah. or, or, or um, orphans from the town of Mobilis after it was attacked by Kefka's light of judgment. Like almost all the ad adults in the town died and there's all these kids left without parents. And Tara kind of comes into this place and she ends up being the foster mother for this whole community of kids, right? And I, I really, really liked this as sort of a destination for her character arc because as much as she tried all through the world of balance section of the game mm. to find a place where she belongs. Like she yeah. never really found that. Of course she wasn't going to find that with Gestal and the empire. Oh, right. Um, but even with the returners, it just never really clicked. It just, she always felt out of place. She always didn't right. really know her place. She didn't feel like she could reciprocate feelings that these other characters had that made her feel like she wasn't even human. Then she founds out, or then she found out she's technically not she's even not really, really human. human. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know if I belong here or with the espers. And then she tries to go talk to the espers and they like freak out and go crazy. And like, <laughs> yep, <laughs> she yep. like can't really communicate with them. She had like no place in the whole world. Yeah. And then this, you know, destruction happens and she finds it. She finds a place 
with these children. And I really, really like that as like mm. a destination for her character. And it changes, um, it changes her in a way that's kind of different from the other characters. Cause you're recruiting the other characters, say like Setzer and it's like, yeah, I will never get that old world back. Um, you know, there's kind of a despair about what they lost in the old world where Tara is different because she found something in this world. Uh, yeah, that's and right. so she is not as, uh, ready to fight or to leave the town because she found what she was looking for. That's a good here. point. That's a good point. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so it's, it's hard to tear her away from it that's now true, yeah. because she found it finally. And it's so, a lot. It's like yeah. 12 kids that all need her. Yeah. Because they're just kids, you know, they need somebody to help them survive. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. the whole, the whole scenario here is trying to get Tara to like rejoin you. And at first she won't do it and you can leave Mobles and that's yeah. what I did. And you go to other towns and stuff and it's not till you return and fight a second time, this boss here. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. but, uh, there, there's a couple of other characters and there's just, there's just good stuff here. So let's uh, go through some of the dialogue. So Tara says, I'm glad, I'm so glad to see that you're safe. I wanted to see you again. They say, Tara, come with us. There's no saving this world unless we defeat Kefka once and for all. She says, I know, but I can't fight anymore. The very day the world collapsed, Kefka turned his light of judgment on this village. <laughs> the adults, these kids' parents, they all died trying to protect their children. Yeah. Um, this is the village. This is a village of children. Now they clung to me from the moment I arrived. They needed me. And then we have this, uh, these are two other characters, Dwayne and Catherine. Dwayne says, you can't take Tara from us. Now I should have looked this up. I, I, I kind of assumed that, that these were older teenage characters, they not are. adults. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Whether they're adult, I don't know their age. I couldn't tell you. Maybe I should I, look that up. I quick. kind of assumed that they were just kids. Yeah. They all, it's, that's one of the issues with Sprite art. They do have a generic child, boy, child male, child female, <laughs> like Sprite <laughs> that just duplicates, you know. Yeah. But um, these characters looked a little different, but it was really hard for me to gauge how old they were until you, you know, later on, it turns out Dwayne gets yeah. Katarine pregnant. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, yeah. they're older. They're, they're older. Just little I, kids, I guess. I assumed that they were probably like, you know, young adult age, like 18, 19, something like sure, that. Sure, sure. And that Tara would be the oldest <clears throat> among them at age 21 or whatever she is. Yeah. Um, but that they were like older teenagers. But I mm. guess I never really looked that up. Let's see if people are saying anything here about it. Okay, so something good like good that. comment here from hmm. Apoma. Some NPC talks about this. They're 16 and in love in the world of balance. So they, yeah, so they're, they're like 17. Oh, we got... <laughs> We got a screenshot here of the uh, nice. the moment in which you talk to them in the world of balance. So, cool. Okay. So, yeah, they're like 17 years old. So, anyway, hmm. there's like a bunch of little kids. You know, there's Tara, and then there's um, this Dwayne and Katherine, which are like teenagers, like older teenagers, right? Yeah. So, Dwayne comes in. You can't take Tara from us. Katherine says, Dwayne, please forgive him. It's just if we lose Tara, we lose the only thing that's holding this village together. Tara says, I don't know why these kids need me, and it's not like there's anything forcing me to protect them. It's just the strangest feeling. But once that feeling took root inside me, I lost the strength to keep on fighting. Very interesting. Now, she had talked about with Leo mm -hmm. and in the past how she doesn't have strong emotions. Right. 
And now she's saying that that sprouted, that actually began to bloom in her, Hmm. this maternal instinct when she happened upon this town. So everything she was looking for in terms of a home, uh, a family, a place to belong, and the emotions, love love that she felt like she was missing, they all came Mm. together for her here um, after the world had been ruined, right? I feel like I'm on the verge of understanding something important. It's hard to describe, but the harder I look for the answer, the more I lose my strength to fight. Catherine says, Tara, this is the glue that, Tara is the glue that holds this village together. With her here, we're somehow able to keep going. And then, help, Humbaba's coming. He was was called something else. Fun Baba, P-H-U-N, Fun Baba. Yeah, Yeah. he's coming. So there's this monster that sort of will come around and terrorize them and they hide away and then it passes kind of a thing. Humbaba is from Gilgamesh. Ah, yeah. So it's one of the one of the giants that Gilgamesh kills in a forest. Um, it's really good. Uh, that part <laughs> that part of the of the Gilgamesh story is actually kind of funny, but it's yeah. really good. So Tara says, Humbaba, the ancient monster released from the depths of the earth by the cataclysm. I have to protect mm, the village. Right. So we talked about this. Yep, too. We talked about this last Demons ha- emerged yep. in the destruction, and that's why there's more monsters in the world now, or more demonic like monsters yeah. than there were before. This is one of them. Uh Humbaba. Tara says, I, I guess I really don't have the strength to fight anymore. Mama, are you okay? Oh, oh, because I think she morphs and she goes out and tries to oh, face it. When, when, yeah. yeah, when, um, so if you're able to beat Humbaba at first or something, I don't know, but the second time I fought, this was the second time I fought Humbaba that after defeating it, then Tara comes out and then she transforms and then she's like, well, so there was there, it happens both (laughs) times, but the first time she like loses and then we step in and like fight it and that's true. Send it away. That's how that goes. The second time we come back, we're all successful at defeating it. But the first time, yeah, she's like, she's, she's talked about having lost her will to fight her strength to fight. Yeah. I guess I really don't have the strength to fight anymore. Mom, are you okay? I'm staying here. I wouldn't be any help to you now. And the children need me. Yeah, but Tara, okay. like you can't stay here. Maybe after a little more time has passed, I need to understand what's happening to me. Thanks for scaring Humbaba away. Uh, this fell off the chain around his neck here. You can have it. So that's the first yeah. time you go there. She's just, I, and I really, really like this. I really like this um, because it feels so kind of human and true, you know, mm-hmm. uh, she was the strongest of our party story wise, maybe not like mechanics wise, but mm-hmm, right. story wise, her <clears throat> half Esper lineage made her by far the strongest, most powerful character in right. our party. And now that she found the love she was looking for, she's kind of lost that mm, a yeah. little bit, that like desperation, that fighting for something because she feels like she found it. Hmm. Um, and now she needs to find that sort of spark or that will to fight again, right? So you return later. Dwayne, I don't know what to do. Katherine's pregnant. Tara, oh, you're back. Katherine's going to have a baby. Katherine, I'm so happy that I'm going to have a child. But when I told Dwayne, he turned cold all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, 17-year-old guy learning that he's going to be a father. It's not easy. Yep. Uh, but harder, I would say, on her, <laughs> on Catherine, <laughs> of course. Yeah, poor Dwayne, huh? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so he says, Catherine, I'm sorry, I just didn't know how to handle all of this. 
I acted like an idiot, but everything's okay now. So he's taking his responsibility now. Yep, good Please man. come back home with me. Ah, Hubaba is headed this way again. Yeah, the, the room starts shaking. <laughs> you start hearing the, the footsteps. Yeah, right. Tara, please protect this village. I don't have the strength to fight. So you go out there and fight him. Yep. And this time he's too much for us. And Tara has to come in. That's right. That's right. when she comes out. Tara joins the group in battle. And she turns into her Esper form. Yeah. The morph, the morphs yeah. into the Esper form. Yep. So she does good work, right? Yep. But afterwards she stays in that form for a while. Mm-hmm. And she like kind of, she doesn't speak well. She's not very articulate. And the kids, <laughs> it's a mon- another monster. It's yes. scary. I'm afraid. Yes. Well, they're afraid of her. <coughs> yeah. And, and that, actually, that's, was that the kids talking or was that her? No, I think it's the kids. the kids. The kids are saying it. Okay, and, gotcha. the, and then, oh, mama, it's you, isn't it? So they recognize her. Last. I can tell. Huh? Mama, Tara, mama, Tara. And they're all fine with it. So I, I think this is, this moment is meant to be like, oh, if they really knew what I was, they'd reject me. But no, the children they're at first kind of afraid, but then, of course, yeah. Then, you know, well, when once they realize one who kid, she is, they, yeah, yeah. One girl shows up and says, wait, this is Tara. Oh yay, Tara. And yeah. then all the other kids like, really? Oh, you're right. And then they all kind of gather around her and it's like group yeah. hug kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she realizes that, you know, that they love her for her, not just her appearance. Yeah. Or whatever and, and there's a part of me that also thinks that maybe she was holding back Yes. In previous fights, because she didn't want to reveal her Esper that's, no, monster that's, form. I think that's right. Because she didn't want the family that accepted yeah. her to then reject her. That's like, what she was afraid of. You're doing not the whole a human. Time. Ooh, you're not a real man. Yeah, yeah, you can't really be. And so when they accept yeah. her, that's when she says, Oh, okay, I'll fight. Yeah. I think I finally understand the feeling that's been growing inside me. It must be love. I have to fight to protect the people I love and to make the world a safe place for new lives. Yes. Well, this is so good. Um, then she says, well, in the SNES version, she said, she says, we must fight for the future. We must fight for those who've not been born yet. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Uh, Cause Katarina is pregnant. Right? Yes. Katarina. Right. Right. And like the, the, it's so good. It's just a really good analogy, right? Where she's speaking of like, you know, we have to fight for, for those, the future, right? The mm-hmm. people who don't even exist yet, but they will in the future. Yeah. Um, and there will be millions of them. Right. But you have the example of it is Katarina right there. Right where it's like there's the gestation of a of like new life that's happening and if it's fostered well it can become you know this whole new thing mm-hmm. but if it's not taken care of then then it you know won't end up well yeah. and so you've got the little microcosm of just Katarine and then the macrocosm of you know what our characters are doing in the world yeah very good um it's great stuff and uh so Dwayne, keep Katarina and your baby safe. Children, mama has to go away for a while to make the world a safer place for you to live in. There you go. But I promise I'll be back as soon as I can. Mama, I'm not going to cry. Me either. I'll be good. Don't forget. You promised. And then she says, thank you. You all helped me understand what it means to love. I'll fight. I'll make this world a place where life can flourish and children can grow up in peace. So that's where she finds her will to fight. Um, Let's see. So let's not do Phoenix Cave yet. Let's do... Mog. <laughs> All right. Well, no. Well, that one's it's really, short. really it's short. Just, yeah. You just go into the Mar- the Narsh yeah, caves. Yeah, go back to Narsh. And he's just standing there in his house. <laughs> like, Mog, you're You alive. go talk to him and he joins you. It, there's not really a lot to it. I don't know. Yeah. Did you take any notes on no, that? No, I don't think so. Here, let me go. Um, let's see. Because I'm trying to get to... Because... And then... <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is my note. Okay. Mog, exclamation point. That's my note. <laughs> 
And then I say Narsh, lots of spirits. Yeah. I wrote that as well. So there's not, not really much to say there. And then he gives you a tip for a new character you can recruit. Oh, and it's the Umaru. Umaru, yeah, yeah. Umaru, the Yeti yeah. character. So he's like, oh, my, my friend or whatever. We can go like find him. So that's a new yeah. character. Um, well, I'm, I'm trying to, to, I'm trying to think one. of what to say about the, the, the optional characters, like the, the Go-Go two Gogo and, Go-Go and yeah. Umaru. Like, um, I admit freely that I basically never use these characters Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in a lot of ways in my head, I don't really consider them characters <laughs> like main characters of this game because like kind of first like of all characters they you only get them at the very end of the game in the world of ruin. So they don't really have a lot like story in relation to yeah. the story or stakes or anything. They're just kind of characters. But the other thing that like as cool as some of their abilities can be, they can't equip espers. And so it's like for that reason alone, I mean, Gogo can be cool because he can mimic. He's, he's, yes, a, he's the mimic his, character, his thing, the yeah. class. So, like, if you're doing bum rush with uh, <laughs> with Sabin or something, can he can mimic that, yeah, and that's yeah. that's pretty great. I mean, like, sure, you, sure. He, he can be good in that role, but, like, at this point, you've invested so much time growing the characters by equipping espers that it just seems like a missed opportunity to not give, to not, to have two characters that can't equip espers at all. Yeah. And so it's like, eh, I'm just not going to use you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I never have used them, but... Maybe we should just really quickly like read like character profiles just for them to give just them a to few see minutes of if, if there's anything <laughs> about them that that I've never looked at before. Let's see. Let's go to his like. So it says while exploring the Triangle Island, the returners were swallowed by a large worm called a Zone Eater. Oh yeah, that's right. You got to go inside the Zone Eater to go. Yeah, to yeah, go. and it drops you. That's kind of like cool. a cave. They awoke in the Zone Eater's belly, a large underground cave system. In the back of the cave, they found Gogo, who offered to mimic them, but first asked what they were doing. The party explained their quest to defeat Kefka and save the world, and Gogo decided to join them and mimic them saving the world. There is a pretty fun movement with this character um, at the end of the game after you defeated Kit, and it's kind of showing each character as they're like, Oh, leaving um, the tower. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And this is like, okay, you have to do... Everything that Celeste does, you have to mimic her exactly in order for like the path to open up. They have, they have. I feel like this is kind of a callback uh, to this moment in FS7 in the um, in the reactor when all three of you have to push the button at exactly oh, the same time. Oh yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah, you gotta yeah. like time it exactly right and push the same button. So it's the same idea. Gogo and game. Celeste have to like push the buttons at the mm. same time to get the path to open for the other characters to come through. But he's a mimic, so he can like do it perfectly. It's like you easy. Know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, that's kind of fun, I guess. Um, as the party fled Kefka's tower after Kefka, Kefka's death, a path collapsed and Setzer and Edgar were trapped while Gogo and Celeste were thrown forward uh, to parallel sides of the room. Celeste tried to move a part of the floor to free them, but the switches had to be operated simultaneously. Gogo mimicked Celeste perfectly and pressed the switches to there free them. That's, that's it. That's Gogo's character. That's, that's basically the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um Gogo speaks only a few lines of dialogue when met. Gogo dislikes how long they have been idle without mimicking anyone. Oh, you're referring to Gogo in, as they. When the party explains they are seeking to save the world, Gogo is surprised. Declares almost dismissively that if it were the party's purpose, they shall mimic them and save the world too. Mm. I don't know. There's I'm, not really much going on with that character. Let's try tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Let's see, man. 
Um, I, all I really know about Umaru is that he's he's, he's like a yeti. He's Mog's friend. Yeah. Uh-oh. Umaru is a large yeti covered in fur, but for his hands, feet, and face. The color of his skin and fur uh, have vary between white, blue, and purple in different appearances and artworks. <laughs> That's it. Umaru is capable and limited, uh, limited of speech, but mostly communicates with grunts and groans. He's able to craft and use crude weapons and armor, and his cave is decorated by bone carving. That's why <clears throat> when you go to his section, it's like a skull and bones yeah, yeah. at the end. Right. Uh, makeshift carpet. Umaru obeys the orders of Mog after Mog asserts himself as Umaru's boss. <laughs> that I did like. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I'm your boss. You got to do what I say. You got to come with us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was good. He has a deep loyalty to Mog and the party by proxy. According to Hironobu Sakaguchi, Umaru has a strong sense of honor and feels like he owes a debt to Mog because Mog shared some food with him when he had collapsed from exhaustion. So that's it. Okay. Um, yeah. So th- that's those characters. Um, no need to talk about them any further. I, I don't think. I don't think there's really much else to really say about them. So we've done everybody except who we've missed. Um, um, I have uh, Realm. Realm. Yes. We need to go to Realm and yeah. Strago next. So I believe this is in Jidur. Yes, Jidur. Right. So when you go to Jadur, um, there's that rich dude who like collects pictures and paintings. Everyone's talking about how, oh, there's a new uh, um, painting of Emperor Gestalt that he didn't like. And so this guy purchased it. Mm. And so he's got, you know, his gallery and you walk around in the house and what is it? Somebody, it's either somebody tells you this or you just kind of intuit this. But as you're in the house, it's totally haunted, right? You're starting to hear voices and you like try to go one place and the voices like scare you away. Or whatever. Mm. Um, as soon as you are able to make it into the place with all the paintings, um, you look at the paintings and it's like every other one or two, um, all of a sudden becomes like an enemy. Like it comes yeah. to life and jumps out at you. Dude, there was one that I thought was so cool. Like uh, imagery wise, I feel like this could be a really interesting, almost horror-esque sort of visual for a movie or something. But like yeah. there's that one painting with the chair and then all of a sudden you just like, you walk through it and you sit in the chair and it's just like someone comes up behind and oh, like initiates a battle. Right. <laughs> I was just like, right. dude, that's sweet actually. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that's really cool. So um, eventually you get to the very end of the whole dungeon and there's the guy himself. He's very large, kind of reminiscent of um, Jabba the Hutt a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Owser. Sitting down. Owser's yeah. mansion. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of sitting down and he's just like, ah, oh, help me. Something's gone wrong. And But uh, Realm is painting this like really cool painting up there. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, this painting's the most important thing in the world to me. It's going to be so beautiful. Yep. Um, but of course it's Realm's the one painting it. And so it comes to life and, and attacks you. Uh, but the, the name of this um, is Chadarnuk, Chadarnuk, something like that. Um, it's a goddess who becomes a demon. So the painting is really cool. So it's this, it's like a woman um, who is very conveniently covered in certain, you know, aspects. And uh, Realm is the one painting it, but of course she steps aside. We end up having to fight the whole thing. And um, as soon as we def- we were able to defeat the monster without destroying the painting, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's almost done, but it's not totally done. And so that's where, um, yeah, that guy's like super happy because we were able to defeat the monster, preserve the painting. Um, and... I don't know what else to say about that other than the idea of a goddess becoming a demon is something that just keeps happening throughout this game up until the end. And it does remind me a lot of Final Fantasy X with mm. the uh, oh, what, anima. Yeah, and the yeah. anima, yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on here. Yeah. Um, 
and you see like the almost the persona, the facade of a goddess that yes. has this like demon, demonic, you know, power to it as well. Very yep. interesting. Yep. Uh, so then you have to recruit her in order to get stronger. Because if you go yeah. try to get him, otherwise he won't. No, he's like among the the, 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 cult. the fanatics, the cult of yeah, Kafka, right? Yeah. He's just like he's just <laughs> marching around with them. It's so funny, man. I love it. <laughs> um, so the idea is that they brainwash people or whatever. But um, it, somebody had mentioned this. I can't remember exactly who it was, but they'd mentioned that the of the people who get um, who are part of the cult of Kafka, that if a loved one calls out their name. Yes, then, then they be shaken from the trance. Yeah, or that's the only way to bring them back. Yep. Right. And so it's so funny because when we take Realm and we go up to, um, tower you know, fanatics. the tower, mm. then Realm doesn't really call his actual name. She <laughs> says like old man, gran- yeah, grandpa, like old Gramps man, something like that. Yeah. And that's what shakes him out of it. And he's like, <laughs> Realm, oh, Realm. And he runs all the way up and. I, I thought it was so good that he was just like marching with them, <laughs> you know, kind of like a Monty Python. With the yeah. It's so good. So, um, yeah, she's able to get him out there. I, I like the idea of like you, you, somebody calls your name and you are brought back to like reality, something yeah. like that. I feel like it's interesting. And yeah. I like that she's her normal sort of, uh, um, Sassy, sassy self, self yeah. about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, uh, knock yeah. it off or whatever. Hey, knock like, it off, dude. <laughs> stop it. Like, you know, he's like, oh, so funny. he comes back. So, um, I think that covers everyone except for Lock and Shadow. Yeah, Shadow, I was gonna say. Uh, so let's do Shadow and let's also do Shadow's flashbacks. So basically, okay. this depends on whether or not you waited for Shadow at the end of right. the world of balance sequence. If he, if you didn't, then he's just dead and you don't find him anymore. Right. And you would find realm in this realm cave would be here. instead. Yeah. Right. Um, but if you waited for him, he's there like knocked out and you get attacked by like a dragon or something like that. Um, yeah. and then there's like a zombie version of the dragon. Anyways, <laughs> uh, you take him to a town, I think, and, and he rests, but like he doesn't really join you at this point. No, no. You then either. have to go to the Colosseum. Yes, that's where, and you have and to fight you him. Fight him there, and then he joins with He's you. He's not that hard, luckily. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> not He's, really. I think he was the first person I faced in the Colosseum. Yeah. Because I didn't go there till after this. Um, uh, but there's also a time where when we um, find Shadow, where we he is referred to as a she. Oh. Right? And it's like, oh, Shadow's here. Oh, we. She she must have fainted or something like that, and I was like, "Wait a second, because you don't know much about these <laughs> pixel dots on the screen." I'm like, "Did I, did I miss something?" No, um, I think that's just a. It's a typo, typo because of the scenario where Realm could be found in. in oh, place, you're right. You're right. And they just didn't change the change text. It. They yep. just applied the same text. The same text. to the different scenario. That makes sense. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, a little typo there. Um. So let's go through his flashbacks. I think we did the first dream, right? The one that's like really yes. freaky. And it's like, and like this guy's like coming at him. In the oh, darkness. and it's all dark. Yeah, yeah, that one's creepy. And he calls him Clyde. Yeah. Clyde, I'm Clyde. done for. Find me, please, Clyde, right? And it's so, Baram talking. Yeah, Baram. So the second dream, Baram says, Yahoo, we did it, Clyde. Clyde says, a million GP, what a blast. I love this. So they, you know, came up with a lot of money. Yep. Baram, guess it's time to change our name. Clyde says, our name. Baram, we need something more appropriate, such as Shadow. Not bad, huh? Clyde says, great train robbers of the century, Shadow. So uh, this is how he came up with the alias 
of Shadow, I guess. He and mm-hmm. his buddy Baram. Um, it, it's it's pretty cool that they they made him like a thief character, right? Because classically in Final Fantasy, a thief job class sort of upgrades to the um, ninja. Oh job sure, class. No, so that makes like sense. He started as a thief, and yeah. now he's in his master That's class. Cool. That's cool. That's, That's kind cool. of a nice throwback there. I like that. All right, so the third dream, um, Clyde says, open your eyes, Baram, I'm scared. Hack, cough. Is, is this my blood? You're going to be okay. Right, the whole thing went yeah. wrong, right, is the idea. Everything. Everything yeah. went wrong, and now they've, they've um, it's, yeah. it's Clyde. Who, no, it's Baram who's about to die. Yeah, right. Yeah. Baram says, I've let you down. I'm sorry. Clyde, save your strength. We're almost to the town. Baram, you don't have to pretend. I know I've lost too much blood. I'm going. I'm going to slow you down. But you want to get caught? Uh, before you go, uh, you have to use your knife, says Baram. Clyde says, wait, what? Baram, think what they'll do to me if I get caught. I don't want to go through that. Do this. Do me this favor. So he's, he's asking Clyde to like finish him. Yep. Yeah, like and end his pain. Are you shaking? I can't believe it. You're acting like a coward. Come on, you weakling. Grab a knife and I can't. Clyde. I'm sorry. Clyde, how dare... And he leaves him. And he runs away. <laughs> yep, he runs. Clyde, how dare you? So he, he leaves him there to die slash get caught Ooh, <laughs> and whatever yeah. that would entail consequences-wise right. and just abandoned him there. And so that's that's why he feels so guilty and why that first dream sequence yes. was so kind of scary. Also right? why the only reason he could really move forward was by killing his own emotions. Yep. As he t- brings up yeah, with Terry, he right. says, there are those who have like killed their own ability to feel anything. Don't become like that. He's obviously referring to himself and this is why, right? He couldn't really, he can't think about that. He can't think about his own past. It's too, uh, it's too painful. painful. Yeah. Okay. So remind me what happens. (laughs) Okay. Well, my note here in his dream, uh, we are outside of Strago's house. Shadow is leaving and wants his dog to stay with someone so that that person can live in a peaceful world. And the dog Uh. goes up to um this is why the Strago's dog likes house. realm yes yeah yes. okay that's right and shadow leaves but i think the dog ends up following him anyways <laughs> yeah right. but he was trying to get the dog to stay and to watch over realm right so yeah and there's a reason for that <laughs> <laughs> we may as well talk about it because the game's yeah, over right. um but i i didn't so i i read this afterwards mm. i did not get this in the game. Yeah, I think that's pretty normal. Okay, okay. I'm like, okay, because I read, I read so, because after the game, I'm like, okay, let's go back through everyone's character profiles. I'm like, Realm's father is Shadow. Yes. I, I, I don't, like, I get it. I'm like, oh yeah, like, kind it's, of. It's very, very vague. Very vague. Yes, very <laughs> you're, vague. You're not, it, it's not a mistake, <laughs> or like, you're not paying attention if you didn't pick this up, but yes. That's yeah. what that is supposed to be saying i guess it's it's very interesting they didn't elaborate i don't know is it for sure i mean this seems pretty relevant that, that seems arena. to be the collective understanding okay, but it's never explicitly as, stated I, I mean i haven't read an interview or anything like okay, that maybe okay. somebody here has and can pull it up but i mean that's the general understanding is that that's why interceptor is so warm to Right. Realm well, it, ma- it makes perfect sense. Yeah. The genes, the smell, the, oh, we, we are the, you know, similar people, right? It's all part of a family. But does Shadow not remember? 
realm or like when shadow meets realm again, he's like the dog bites and then the dog goes with realm into the bedroom and shadow's like, huh? He's like confused. Like he yeah, doesn't, right. does shadow, is he acting or does he really know that yeah. realm is his we, daughter? We've got a, we've got some quotes here. Um, shadow and realms relationship has officially been confirmed in developer interviews in 1995. Okay. The developers considered having a scene in a bar, presumably in Thamasa, where Strago and Shadow uh, reveal his identity. The dialogue was supposed to be as follows. Oh, so this was like cut So or it something. was cut. Ah. So Strago says, I have one request. Show me your face. Even if you are him, I have no intention of wasting time trying to talk to you, to talk, talk you, you into staying. I just want to know for realm's sake. Shadow doesn't, but he, then he takes off his mask and shows Strago his face. However, his back is turned so that the player can't we don't see. see Strago says, thank you, Shadow. Come, let's have a drink. So that seems to be a scene that was cut. Okay. Because the, the only confusing thing is, is how come Shadow is not reacting at all when in the presence of Realm and seems kind of confused as to why yeah. his dog is so good with Realm. Right. Um, um, he he also mentions That's that all. this was from a V-jump issue in Japanese, and so since he doesn't know Japanese, he can't confirm that that's ah, in the okay. interview, but that's well, we'll obviously trust somebody online has yeah. said that that's what it says. So. Now, anybody else playing this game before reading about that, did anybody else playing this game in the comments section, yeah, like could you tell <laughs> uh, this relationship? Um, there are hints. It's there. I see how it's possible. Sure. I just would guess that 99% of people probably did didn't not pick up on it. Um, even think of that. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think that does it for everybody, but. Oh, does it? Locke. I think so. Uh, Locke is in the Phoenix cave. Oh yeah. And Locke. Okay. So it's, it's, I actually, his, it takes a long time to get Locke. A long time. It's and a long dungeon. I was really, I was like, if there, I, I, I can't remember, you know, I hadn't played this game in a long time, but. If this ends up just being a little magicite spell <laughs> or like a dragon or one of the things that uh, sometimes... One of the, yeah, one like, of the dragons. I am really yeah. not going to be happy. I, I didn't realize it was Locke. And I was like, this is taking so long. I got to do the freaking podcast. I was actually getting kind of upset at this part of the game. <laughs> um, there's a lot... There's not a ton of story happening. There's a yeah. lot of fighting, lots of battles, lots of menus. I keep having to like every seven or eight battles, I'm pausing, going back to my menu, reallocate everything. That That is like one... I'm, I'm staying intense every like 20 minutes, you know? One thing about about FF6's gameplay that can, it, it can be very tedious because not only does it usually require, <laughs> not require, but like, it depends on how you're playing, but um, you're swapping around a lot of gear. Yeah. You're swapping around a lot of Magicite. You've got to kind of keep it all in your mind as you're playing. Too. Yeah. And, and you're trying to like keep track of when level ups are coming up yeah. and... And so, I gotta be OP. I can't not do it. <laughs> like I can't I know, not right? do it. Once you know how to do it, I have to do it right correctly. Right. But it is a bit tedious. It, it, it can be really tedious in that way. Yeah. It's. I, I wish that there was a way that they could sort of streamline some of these things to make it quicker to do swapping or yeah. Um, <clears throat> maybe some in some future HD 2D Final Fantasy VI remake, <laughs> oh, they could find a cross, way to cross your <laughs> uh, make some quality of life improvements around that specifically. One thing they did add uh, to the Pixel Remaster version, though, yeah. which is pretty cool, is you know with um, Cyan's abilities, you have to like sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait yes. and wait and wait. Yeah. So what they've done yeah. now is you can just select the one you want, 
and then it'll move you to another character so you can keep selecting And actions. then he'll just he'll do it just as it comes. Oh, that's the good. time needed, that's and then he'll just do the attack. That's cool. So that's it's like, same same yeah. concept, just yes. more efficient. I, that, they need to do that with- Like a hundred times. Gear <laughs> and uh, swapping espers yeah. and that kind of thing. That's yes. the sort of quality of life update I feel like those mechanics need. Um, but, so yeah, I, I agree. Mm. And it's it's actually one of the reasons, and this is something I'll go over probably in much greater detail in a future Chrono Trigger uh, podcast Ooh. series. Ooh, it's happening, people. It's, 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 it's part of many reasons, but one major reason why I like Chrono Trigger more than FF6. I, oh, I yeah. think it's the superior game mm. because it is... I have never played an RPG, this style of RPG, traditional RPG, where at the end of the game, I wasn't fatigued by its battle system. Like, mm. okay, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I've seen this enemy grouping 700 times right. now. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and it's why I love in a lot of the new releases of Final Fantasy games, they give you the opportunity to turn random battles off. Um uh, like in the, the, the new releases of FF8, yeah. FF7, FF9, and in the pixel remasters that they're releasing on console here this next week, oh, and they're going yeah, to yeah. give you the ability to turn off random encounters. Hmm. Um, and so I, I, I love that, and, and also speed up the game, so you can speed battles up and things like that if you're trying to grind or whatever. Right. Um, and, and so they, they're addressing the fact that it's a very, it's a very true thing for many people to play. Yeah. These games get really really repetitive and tedious towards the end. It's yeah. like at the beginning, I'm always like yep. way into it. Yeah, and then totally. as it goes and as it goes and as it goes, it's almost always without it fail in the grinds. final dungeons, yeah. the final couple dungeons, I'm like, all right, dude, I'm done They're with fighting. They're just stretching now. the hours of I the game. I just want to see the end of the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, or I just want to fight the boss. I'm just interested in the boss at this point. Right. I don't care about these random enemies anymore. And Chrono Trigger is the one game of this style I never really feel that way. And it's because you encounter them and then they go away. There's not random encounters in the game. Yeah. They have like a set number of mm. encounters and they pace That's it better. Perfectly. And that way, if you do <laughs> turn and leave, you're not re-encountering those yes. enemies again yes. on your way back out. That's the, o the only reason I didn't turn and leave <laughs> was because I was like, but I'm going to have to, I, it took me an hour up to this point. It'll take another hour going all the way back. Well, I do think in Chrono Trigger, if you leave a screen and come back, the okay. enemies do respawn. So in each room. But yeah, gotcha. still the point is that you're not going to fight, oh, maybe 12 battles on this yeah, screen yeah. as you... Whoops! I missed that spot. I want to go back and check over here and see if there's a if yeah. there's a hidden passage. Or oh, that's if good. If there's a treasure chest, that keeps me from exploring right, sometimes. Right, right. Knowing that it'll exactly. take me twenty minutes to go six inches on my screen, <laughs> it'll take about twenty minutes. There exactly, and back. exactly. Yeah. That's 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 what it kills for me is the exploration of dungeons. Like because no. there's a part of me that's just like I'm getting tired of this, and if I try to go over there, I'm just going to get more battles, and I just want to get through the screen. Anyway, the point is, it's one of many reasons why yes. Chrono Trigger is my favorite game of all time and not Final Fantasy VI or not Final Fantasy VII or something like that, right? But I have to be, I have to tell you, I was i was shocked when it was locked at the end of this dungeon. Yep. I was so sure that this was extra game content <laughs> that I did not need to be doing, but because got to do the podcast, and of course, I procrastinate, so it was like, you know, right before I'm having to record, and I'm like, this is taking so long, and it was locked, and I was like, I almost like gasped, and I was like, oh, oh, shoot, <laughs> like, super important character, very good, I'm glad I did this. <laughs> yep, um, right. Oh, man, it was so funny. Yep. So, anyways, it's a very long cave, but at the end of it, you get like three... Text boxes of dialogue to get Locke <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, Locke, 
And he says, you're all safe. Behold, okay. the legendary treasure that can undo death itself. Yeah, ooh. Is that Magicite? So this is the thing he's been looking for for all these years, right? Yeah. It is. Legend has it that the phoenix turned itself to stone ages ago. It seemed the story was true, but now it's filled with cracks. I don't know if it still has the strength to perform miracles. Rachel, I failed her. I broke my promise and lost the That's only right. thing that was real to me. So until I do what I said I would do, until I restore my honor, I'm nothing but a no good liar. So and you're this headed is to Celeste. Yeah, as he's saying this, Celeste is listening and she's kind of like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. You know, dead girl, I can't compete with, with, with little miss dead girl over yeah, your right. heart. So I like, well, how valuable am I? You know, like you're worthless. You think you're worthless. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty worthless too. Yeah. Um, this is so funny. I'm reading my notes now for this part. <laughs> I wrote down, oh my gosh, this takes forever. I don't have time for this. <laughs> my... my <laughs> My very next note, lock. <laughs> I was going to leave. Wow. <laughs> okay. But anyways, I love how it just takes you to Kalingan. Yes. Right? Like, it, it, you don't have to walk out. You don't have to leave. You don't have to do anything, right? It's just, boom, you're there and you see the cutscene, right? Yeah. You see the phoenix being used on Rachel and the idea that the phoenix was damaged, right? Mm. This is not a complete resurrection right rachel basically can only be sentient again for like a minute uh, and yeah, then she she leaves right yeah. and it's not clear to me whether she purposefully willed herself to leave so that Locke could continue or if the magicite just doesn't work well and she's just going to leave anyways yeah. it seemed kind of like maybe she was giving up her own life you know yeah just being like i appreciate it. i'm going to tell you the things but honestly people don't live forever and you have a whole new life to live and i lived mine Yep. Right, so I'm out. I, I mm -hmm. can't tell which of those is necessarily true. Um, but they're both really good. And basically her message to him is, uh, Locke, with you, I was happy. That's mm -hmm. the whole thing. So she says, you must now cast off the anguish you've been harboring inside for so long. Today, I set your heart free. Yep. And that's all that Locke really needed. Like this whole thing has like consumed his life for so long he identifies as a treasure hunter because he's trying to resuscitate this woman and it has been the case <laughs> for like years of his life this yep. has been years and years and years he has no identity now yep. right like after this happens it's like boom he is free from his whole past basically yep and he can now go do whatever he wants and it's like gosh what do you do now all right go kill kefka i guess but like uh he's never really experienced this kind of freedom before he's always been weighted weighed down uh by something else that yeah he felt like he made a mistake in his past and that he's had to correct now for so long. Well, another example of the same thing we were just talking about with Cyan and every yeah, other yeah. character who yes, has a past theme. trauma that keeps them sort of locked in their past, right? Like unable to move locked. on from something. Locked. locked. There you go. But let, let's uh, let's let read that dialogue again from Rachel. I have to go now, but thank you so much for all the happiness you've given me. Please let go of all the chains that bind your heart. I release you. Give your love to the one who now dwells within your heart. Love her as yeah, you loved me. That was good. Phoenix, be reborn and give your power to Locke. So that's what I release that you. she gave up her own her own life for Locke. You yeah, know? yeah. So yeah, like it's like he was sort of locked yeah. to her because of his guilt. I failed her. All this stuff. Right. Um, and, and and she releases him from that burden or that responsibility, like. It was not your fault. I release you from that guilt. Like, go be with the one who's alive now. Move on. Um, 
So, yeah, so he finally moves on. Now, that being said, I don't know how I would feel if I was Celeste. <laughs> and and, the, know, and, and the person I liked had to be told by the dead ex. You know. Now, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> no, okay, you know. I'm, I'm your second, I'm your seconds here, like sloppy seconds. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I could help but feel that way. I know, I wouldn't either. <laughs> but it's know. like the, the best situation would be to, because nobody gets, this isn't a thing that happens, right? This, this isn't. Yeah, this scenario doesn't no. happen in real life. So what, what, <laughs> what the, be, the best thing for Locke would have been that he overcomes her on, on his, his own, own without her literally having to bring her back <laughs> to tell him the thing yeah. that is, that, that is, Anyways, but it's a game. You got to do stuff like this. Yeah. But I, it, the better message would be that whether or not you were able to adequately say goodbye to your loved one before they passed, you do have an obligation to them and to yourself to not allow that to weigh your life down for years and years and years. And I think that's a good message. That's yeah. a powerful message. Yeah, I agree with um, that. This game seems to give the impression that Locke was unable to unless he heard that voice yeah. resurrected from the past yeah. telling him to move on. Then he can move on. Yeah. But it's like, you, you don't, you don't have, have to, to have, have that, that voice. To get now, I say that, you know, like, people who are really attached, I, I understand that can be really hard. Um, but, you know, maybe uh, try to find it within yourself. Yeah. Um, and just know that if you really love that person, if that person really loved you, that they would have said this whether yes. they can or not now, yes. this is something they would likely have told you if they really loved you. And so you can, you can just be at peace and you don't have to hold on to the past like this, waiting for that otherworldly manifestation to, to then pull you out. Yeah. You know? We talked about this, I think, in, in a lot more detail in our Jacob's Ladder um, <laughs> yes. analysis, yeah, this which is a lot of on Patreon and Subscribestar. It, it will eventually go live on the channel, but it's going to be a few months out. But yeah. that, that's a great movie that examines this exact thing about attachments and um, how your attachments, uh, well, you can kind of create your own living nightmare the more oh, attached yeah. you oh, are yeah. Yeah. to things. And that's what was going on with Locke. His, his attachments were making his own life, you know, miserable nightmare. Of Very difficult. Constantly reliving, re-experiencing his own guilt. Because then as soon as he'd move on and find love somewhere else, he just felt guilty. Yeah. He just felt guilty about it. And yeah. that was his own, you know, uh, of his own shadow, basically, that was just like consuming his life, just yeah. forcing the feelings of, of love to become feelings of shame and guilt. It's like, ooh, that's, that's you know, hard to live with. Now that you say that, I think that's the way that I am going to choose to read this is hmm. he, I, I choose to read this as he wants to be with Celeste now, but being with Celeste, he can't, he, it makes him feel guilty. Yes. And so like he can't really give his yeah. heart to her. Right. And so I like think so. I think that's that, right. that makes it seeing it in that light makes it a little less like, oh, Celeste is your second choice. If you could have <laughs> had Rachel, you would have had her. No, it's just that being with Celeste, he just couldn't get over this fact that he had failed in the past and whatever yeah. trauma he had been through, like yeah. it made it impossible for him to be with someone new, even if he wanted to. Would have been really cool if he could get over that with her. Instead of yeah, um, with Rachel, because <laughs> once again, the name Rachel, this is, I brought it up in Silent Hill too. So I may as well bring it up now. Uh, Rachel was the preferred wife of the yes. two lovers of Jacob, yes. Israel in the Bible, yes. in Genesis. Um, his preferred lover was Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. His preferred wife was Rachel, mm. not Leah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we got, um, we've got Rachel being there dead. 
and then we've got Celeste kind of feeling a lot like Leah, right? Yes, now. that's like, that's what I that's I'm, kind I'm of how the, I was. Feeling, I'm the lesser yeah. of the two. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> so um, okay, that uh, wraps up Locke scenario. I just have this dialogue. It just kind of came up on the screen screen from Mog since we kind of went over this oh, already. Yeah. But I just think it's funny to read. <laughs> An old man named Rama taught me your language, Kupo. <laughs> <laughs> He kept showing up in my dreams and telling me to help you, Kubo. So I'm going to help you, Kubo. I bet the Yeti will come along, too. He'll be a big help. Uh, He can be a little wild, though, Kubo. Uh, He should be here in the mine somewhere. He'll help us if if I order him to. Let's go look for him. (laughs) Bravo for the the character on the cover of this game, right? And the the advertising and all of that. And then, <clears throat> and then you get to you get to Umaru and Mog says, "I'm your boss, Koopa. You're going to join us." <laughs> <laughs> he is. You know what's funny? The, I when I hear that, I am imagining the Mog from that advertisement yeah. sitting back uh, in his desk. <laughs> next, hey you man, I'm your boss. All right, you listen to me. Get out of here and go fight. I love that. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. Okay, so I think we've we've gone over. All of the characters now. Uh, we've got them I all so. back Unfortunately, in the Unfortunately, my notes are all over the place. <clears throat> okay. But um, I believe that we have gotten. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's uh, more Coliseum, stuff. But, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's extra content. There's the whole Tower of Fanatics you can do. Um, there's not really a lot of story necessarily yeah. to be found there. Maybe I should just at least read a, an entry on the Tower of Fanatics just to. We're not really a lore podcast, but just for completeness sakes. Um, this is a really good one. So um, I don't have internet. I keep so. <laughs> so Locke says, as he leaves, after the whole situation with Rachel and after he comes back from it, like in the SNES, he says, I feel lighter than air from here on. Mm. Let's go. We have work to do. Yep. Like he's finally unburdened, right? The Cultist Tower, also known as the Tower Fanatics, is a location. Oh, this is where the gem box is. Yes. I remember now. Yeah. Uh, tower lies along the Serpent Trench, surrounded by mountains, only accessible by the Falcon. So this entry says, The tower is said to house a great treasure, and thieves frequently attempt to scale it, coming out empty-handed or not at all due to the tower's security measures. When the party visits the tower, they find several cultists marching in circles in front of it, including Strago. Oh, we already went over that. The party climbs the tower. They find a rare relic at the top, the soul of Thamasa. After they take the treasure, the cultists surround the party, demanding its return, and the cult's leader attacks the party. The leader is defeated, and the cultists disappear. So the soul of Thamasa is also known as the gem box, which is what you just said. Yeah, the gem box. It's a relic, FF6. It changes the basic magic command to the dual cast command, which is awesome, uh, because you can cast two spells which casts two spells in one turn. This makes it extremely powerful for spellcasters in both offensive and defensive tech contexts. The relic is rare, and the player will only have access to one for most of the game. So, yeah, it gives you the dual cast spell, so or ability, so that's that. Okay, should we go to Kefka's Tower? That is my next note. Off? However, it's 7 o'clock... I don't know exactly when we started this. We've probably been going for something like an hour 15. Um, we, yeah, about an hour 15, hour 15. Um, Should we just make this into the final episode? one episode? Because I still have like, I don't know, a good page and Let's a half do of it. notes. Let's do it. Or should we do a new episode? I don't Let's know. do it. Uh, it'll be maybe a short final one and maybe we can do some discussion with the... the okay, piece. that'd be nice. That'd be good. Okay. To wrap it up or something. 
Okay, we've made an executive decision. I, we, we could keep going and sort of finish up in one episode here, but I think we're going to stop now um, because most of my notes are, are from around this part. Me too, yeah. Uh, so this is, will take is a the while. very end of the game stuff. Um, so in order to not make this a two-hour episode, I guess, which is a little long for our tastes in editing <laughs> afterwards, uh, we try to keep this more around an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, we're going to stop there, and we'll make the final episode, episode 10, be Kafka's Tower and the ending of the game. So um, join us then, and we will finish the game next week. Thanks, everybody, for watching. You still have time, as of the, when this goes up, you still have time to go vote for like maybe a day more (laughs) (laughs) on what we play next. So if you want to join up on Patreon or subscribe star and go vote, you can do that. It's still live. You can still go do it. Okay. See you next week. Peace out.